My brothers, my sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Pilate said to Jesus, Are you king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this on your own, or have others told you about me? Pilate answered, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom does not belong to this world. If my kingdom did belong to this world, my attendants would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not here. So Pilate said to him, Then are you a king? And Jesus answered, You say I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. The Gospel of the Lord. One of the first times that I remember hearing about Christ the King, I'll set the scene. Dorchester, Massachusetts, Massachusetts, my home where I grew up. What was that? My brother, Dorchester, Massachusetts music. My brothers and sisters were sitting in front of a black and white television with rabbit ears. Does anyone remember rabbit ears on back of TV? Okay, that's the age of the crowd. And we were all sitting around. It was the mid-60s, so it was a little while ago. And we were watching a Charlie Brown Christmas. And there was Linus with his blanket. And on TV, he was proclaiming the birth of a king. And it didn't quite fit with what I thought of as a king. Because this king on the television show was born in a stable, surrounded by shepherds, sheep, and animals. And I remember that Charlie Brown was more worried about the condition of the, of the Christmas tree. And then there's that point in the, in the show, and it's on Tuesday night, I think, tonight. I mean, this week. Where he says to Charlie Brown, he says, and that is what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. I found out later that it was the first time on network television that a gospel was read in prime time. So I knew from an early age that this king is different. And we hear from John about another king, Pilate. And Pilate wasn't able to get a direct answer from Jesus. He, he says, are you king of the Jews? And Jesus does tell him that his kingdom is not of here, not of this world, and that it is a different kingdom. It's not, it is just one of truth. It's one that can, people can have if they listen. In our second reading, we hear quite simply that God is a king of love, that Jesus is the king of love. And you know what is really a great thing about this kingdom is that it's not really just in our future. 
This kingdom is made for us. The kingdom of God through Jesus is here right now. And it all started in our baptism. One of the great things I think we do here at the Collaborative is, is baptisms. It's a sacrament that we make available to anyone who seeks it. And a lot of times, sometimes families don't baptize their baby at infancy. And it may go a few years before they're baptized. We did a number of them this weekend. And we always want you to know that, that Father and I and, and, and Father Sinesha, we're all available. That if you want your child baptized, we'll find a way through the circumstances to do it. Because it's so important. It's where it starts for us. It's the first step in the, in the life of our church. The first sacrament that we're called to come to the kingdom. And Christ clothes us in his royal nature with baptism. And in the rite, when we take the holy chrisms and we anoint the baby or the person that wants to be baptized, immediately after the baptism, we say Christ anointed you as a priest. Because we're all called to mediate people, to bring them to Christ. We're all called to be a prophet, someone to speak the truth of God to everyone. And we're all called to be a king or a queen, to be someone who leads to share our lives as a model of leading people closer to Christ in our families, in our community, in our world. And in addition to the baptism graces, Jesus gives us his word for guidance, for direction. He gives us the Eucharist, which gives us strength to go out and live in the kingdom. But the things that are most important in this earthly world, like money and power and status, it's not important. It really doesn't matter in this kingship because this kingship doesn't control, it doesn't provide fear or judgment. The kingship is just the opposite. And for us to know this different king better, we need to be different. We need to be examples of truth and live it. Especially around a lot of the people in the kingdom that might not want to listen to us, right? That might not want to experience, but if we model our lives around the truth, people will come to us and they'll come to Christ. And we can love, we can love all people. It's easy to love the people we like. It's not so easy to love the people we might not like. The ones that hurt us, the ones that trespass against us. Our enemies. But we're told and we're called to do that. We're called to live in a place where there's compassion, where there's humility, where there's justice. So Friday night, I was day after Thanksgiving, and it is a tradition that I often do with my family, and it's been happening for 28 years over in Easton. It's the annual gratitude mass. In fact, one of your good friends, Father, Father Joe Rake, was the humblest. And it's a beautiful gathering of about 700 people. When people could go to Black Friday, they don't. They go and they celebrate with gratitude the ministry of my brother's keeper. And in the next couple of weeks, about 2,000 volunteers will come 
and help thousands of families just have a little joy at Christmas. So two things happened to me. So I'm walking in to the building. And outside of that building, there is a sculpture of Jesus walk, washing Peter's feet from this gospel, gospel of John at the Last Supper. And it hit me that right in front of me was our gospel. Because that point when Jesus washed his disciples' feet and he ordered them to do the same, that is where this whole idea of kingship went upside down. He taught them, his disciples, that the kings, kings are come to serve, not to be served. The disciples from that moment would never be the same, and they would see serving and discipleship in a whole new way. And then the second thing that night happened during the Mass. At the conclusion of the Mass, the, the co-founder of my brother's keeper, Jim Orchid, had something to say that kind of hit me. You see, the ministry that they started 30 years ago with his wife in his house in Brockton was just an idea, but he felt he was called to help, help serve. And they're the first to admit, humbly, that they're not so powerful and not so special. And Jim reminded us that Jesus chose fishermen, simple fishermen. He didn't demand that they follow him. He invited them to come, to come follow me. And they were available. And that was the only thing that in Jim's and Terry's mind is that God calls not the best, not the biggest and brightest. He calls the people that are available. So if that invitation is open and we're available, that's where you get to a different kingdom. You go to a kingdom where you feed the hungry where you water the thirsty, where you welcome the stranger, where you clothe the naked, where you ship, ship, take care of the sick or you visit the prisoner, where you love your enemy. That's the faith message of today's gospel. When we witness to truth, to loving one another in a way that God loved us, we make ourselves available. So when I was kind of thinking of Charlie Brown and going back to the 60s in my mind of the little black and white TV, I, I have this book that it was an anniversary book of Charlie Brown Christmas, and it has all the details that you'd ever want to know about them creating that, that classic TV show. And in the, when I opened the book last night, here's what they did to describe Charlie Brown, and I think it might describe you. I'll be totally honest, it describes me. Charlie Brown, sure, he's a loser, a blockhead. He falls short of a lot of fit with lots of failure, but he keeps striving to be a better person. And in doing so, he gives his friends, he gives his dog, he gives himself, and he gives us an invaluable Christmas gift. Unless we're willing to look inward Unless we're willing to recognize our own selfishness and conquer it, we'll remain incapable 
of bringing happiness to others. And I think it starts with us. And it starts with availability. I'll leave you with one more image. Do you remember when Linus gives Charlie his most precious gift? Remember what it was? It was his blanket. Linus tells Charlie that the tree that looked so bad, all it needed was a little love. And you remember what he did? He took the blanket and he wrapped it around it. And then what happened? The tree just became new and vibrant. I think that is a great way for us to think of us, is when we wrap our most precious gift, and it is our availability, it is ourselves. When we wrap ourselves around God's kingdom, when we wrap ourselves around God's people and make ourselves available, we create a world that's new and vibrant.